This program is rated PG and may contain mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. Organized crime, baby. Right? Hey, let's go somebody. I guess technically it's stealing. If I rob this person, they'll give me whatever. But then if I go over there, I can rob that person. Unethical ways to make money. Go to a parking garage, get one of those like uniforms, like yeah. vests, and tell people it's $5 to park there. Yep. Somebody's waving people down to go turn there. Now you got something going. But you shouldn't aspire to be a criminal. <laughs> shouldn't aspire to be a criminal. But if you are going to be a criminal, do it right. Children of all ages, it is I, the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the, the chiseled Adonis. But of course, you already knew that. And he is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino prince tycoon, Rene Lacan. And we are, this is Assiduous. All right, that was beautiful. That was I know, beautiful. no, we're getting so good at that. Rice so rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I found myself saying it in the shower. I was introducing myself to the water, so that was fun. That's weird. Is it? Super weird. You don't talk in the shower? I don't say other men's names in the shower. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. But do you rehearse anything in the shower? <laughs> like, what, like you're doing a webinar. You don't run the, you don't run the no, topics. No, what do I think about in the shower? I think about crazy shit. I think about, like, how to, like, finesse. I think about how to, like, finesse the world, you know? So, like, I, right now I'm in the process of building a media company. Mm -hmm. I think that's, like, the next undertaking. Okay. Um, just because if we're going to talk criminal organizations, media companies are some of the biggest criminal organizations. I was thinking about it the other day. I was live streaming on TikTok. Mm -hmm. People hate on me. Any information that comes out of my mouth, people take it with a grain of salt just because it's coming from an individual. And people automatically assume that everyone has an agenda. Mm -hmm. right? So if you're an individual, if I say, hey guys, you need to budget your money this way, you need to save your money like this, people will be like, you don't know what you're talking about, you're full of it, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But the second it comes from a media organization, right? let's say Forbes writes an article, how you should budget your money. Mm -hmm. People read it like, oh, well, Forbes said this is how you should budget your money. It could be the exact same thing I said, but just mm -hmm. because it came out of my mouth, People don't believe it versus the media, which controls people's thoughts. So I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? If I have my message and I need to push my message, my voice will only do so much. It doesn't matter if I have a million followers. It doesn't matter if I have two million followers. Some people will listen, but some people are always going to not listen to my voice. Mm -hmm. If I have some sort of media organization that can also push my agenda or my message, then people that I normally wouldn't reach, Mm -hmm. If they don't know I'm connected to that organization, they're going to be like, okay, cool. So right now I'm starting a media company. I'm not going to reveal which one I own, but eventually I'll be able to start controlling the narrative, whether it's for me, other people, other entrepreneurs, anyone around the world. I'm able to shape the world around me with this media company. So, so how many showers did it take for you to think about all of that? Was it in I one mean, shower? If that was the case, how long was the, the shower? The, the seed was born in the shower. I'm like, man, I need, I need to be able to do this. Mm. And then I, like, you think about it through the day. So it's born in the shower. Mm -hmm. Then it incubates throughout the day. You're thinking of like, how do I do this? How do I pull this off? What would be some cool names? Et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm burping because of this energy drink. Oh. Uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And then the next time you're in the shower, it's like a second meeting. You're like, all right. So let's flesh this idea out even more. And it's just like a working idea. I'm sure when I take a shower today, it's going to be the same thing. I'm gonna be, it's going to be fertilizing in my brain. And eventually... What point in the shower does the thought come into your mind? I mean, I don't know. I, I'll the, walk in is there. Is it the, the first initial touch of the water, the scrubbing portion, perhaps the rinse? Where do you think it's the most optimal for when the entrepreneurial spirit is running through your mind? I don't know how it is for other people. For me, I got hair. So like, I think like, don't get the hair wet. Right. 
I have to think about don't get the hair wet. I have to think about, I think it's just free flowing. It just happens. Just free flows. But now I'm going to be more conscious of what I think about in the shower. Should be, because honestly, if you were to multi-million dollar idea in, in the, the shower, shower, people might be more inclined to take more showers for not just recreation, not just no. in necessity, but perhaps so they can brainstorm. Because when you think about it, that is the one time where you're just alone. Right. And people don't have, people usually have like stim simulate stimulation 24 mm -hmm. seven in their life. So mm -hmm. they don't really get time to really process and meditate on thoughts outside of the shower. So I think that's why a lot of people get a lot of good ideas in the shower. Let's just say if you're in a relationship and your partner likes to shower alongside you, do you now tell them, get out of here, you stay mm. dirty for an additional 15 minutes because I'm trying to think. <laughs> do you think that's something that could work well in relationships? I'm, that's a great, have you done that before? Oh yeah, without question. You, you just tell me? her, get out? Oh yeah, get, get out of here. I got to clean myself, but also I'm thinking about What if different she tells you like, no, it. I go first, you go second? I mean, as long as I'm in the shower by myself, I think I'm all right. But then okay. if you delay it, do I miss my window? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Because now you're pushed out, you're like, damn, the idea has to wait. Right, do you stay in the bathroom so you can feel or hear what's happening with the shower? I don't know, it's something to think about. Somebody needs Crazy. to do a study. Right, ah. that as well. That is, that, that, that is true, that is true. Things to think about. Shower thoughts on how to grow a business or just do better in life. Right. But I was reading the I was reading the comments. A lot of people were talking about different sort of things as it pertains to entrepreneurship, just everyday life. There was a yeah. lot of people who are whether they're in entrepreneurship already getting ready to start in entrepreneurship or perhaps, you know, there's somebody who just regular nine to five working regular job, whatever the case is, or even students who haven't quite entered the workforce. And they were talking about different sort of roadblocks that they run into. What's so with that mean the case, it would be budgeting, because budgeting. a lot of times people talk about whether you're starting up the right ways to start up, or if you're just working a regular job, I have no money. Everybody always says, man, I have no money, I have no funding, right? How does your budgeting typically work? I'm curious, I wanna mm -hmm. hear yours. Right, so, so mine, so, yeah. and I'm gonna get there, right? So it, essentially, it's just a matter of budgeting, obviously, but then figuring out what are your goals, mm -hmm. right? So I think if you know what your goals are, straight out the gate, then you can budget appropriately. Because right. if you don't know what your plan is, now you're sitting here over here like, yeah, I'll just save this, I'll invest that much, I'll spend this much, I'll adjust my salary to this point because of all of my overhead and whatever. But if you have all this extra money that you're budgeting towards, or I should say budgeting, what are you working that money towards, right? Facts. So you have to first identify your goals. So for me, how my budget operates is I'll have a set amount of money that comes in. So I'll know what my, my gross fluctuates because ultimately with YouTube and everything of that nature, you never yeah. know what it's really gonna be. Yeah. But I immediately adjust straight out the gate. How much am I paying in um, rent? Uh, uh, how much am I paying for all of my bills? All the different systems in which I have to operate in order to run the business. Right. How much of that is going out? So immediately I have to identify what is the overhead, not only for the month, but for the year. So then immediately that money that's there, I separate it straight out of the gate. So let's just say gotcha. if I was bringing in 100,000 per year, I would take a percentage, probably about like 30 to 40, just with operational costs and everything of that nature, also including the rent, um, utilities, right. um, travel, and then also miscellaneous. I'll always overshoot by maybe few grand you got, yeah, for miscellaneous, because you, gotta, you, gotta you never know, right? Mm -hmm. You just gotta be safe. You take that money, you immediately remove it. So let's just say you take 40,000, throw that to the side. Then with the remaining money, how do you want to go and break that up? For me, what I do is I'll say, all right, I'll take about 40% of that, put that towards like investment accounts. So whether mm -hmm. I'm in Acorns, Betterment, something small, high yield savings accounts, something that yeah. can now, the money can grow on its own with no effort from me. Fair. And then the remaining money that exists there, that would go towards like expenses, 
um, and just regular everyday life. Try to live on the smallest amount of money. Do you that find I yourself can. being pretty, pretty conservative with the way you spend money? Are oh yeah, I'm very frugal. Fr yeah, I'm frugal. Uh, I'm frugal across the board, but there are certain things in which if I have to pay more, like for example, with my phone, right? I have a superior phone of two Androids, right? <laughs> so with that being the case. Um, I made sure got scammed. I, I didn't want to have to underpay, you know, get a get what am I gonna get an iPhone? Like, come on, who now. scammed who, who, who you? <laughs> scammed. Oh no, the real scam is with the iPhone. Why would I want a product that's ha like it's portionally eaten? Somebody took a bite out of the apple. I don't want that. I want a whole of something. There's nobody biting into the Samsung logo. Nobody's biting into anything, Samsung. Oh, you've got to be kidding. That's such fool. And well, technically, technically, Apple is biting off of Samsung with their uh, you know operating systems and things of that. They nature. got you know, yeah. Listen. They scheme it. It's the packaging, though, bro. You have to respect the hustle and the packaging and the way they create it. Yeah, but then you what's know? on the inside is all Samsung. Great example. You're a big WWE guy. Oh, I yeah, see of course. You, I yeah. see you do big WWE time. stuff. Big time. There could be a more athletic WWE fighter, mm -hmm. more talented, mm -hmm. but the guy that's going to win is always the guy that comes out there and he has this brash personality and he's like talking all of this shit. He's the one that's getting paid the most. He's the one that the fans want to see. He's the one that, obviously, if you have both, it's even better. Right. But nobody wants the poorly packaged WWE fighter. Doesn't matter how athletic he is. Doesn't matter how he performs. Doesn't matter if you could do a double backflip off the freaking ropes. If he can't appease a crowd, if he can't talk, he can't, he's not packaged well, he doesn't have his shtick, the audience is not going to fuck with him. Yeah, absolutely correct. That's, that's exactly why Samsung's packaging and everything of that nature is so much more superior. Oh I appreciate you making the <laughs> argument for me because the person who's somewhat poor in that particular, you know, degree who can somewhat connect with the audience but can't seem to drive them home. That's the Apple product. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about budgeting. So okay. with that being the case, I try to live below my means. That's why you bought a Samsung. Right? Right. Oh, Jesus, here we go again. Here we go again. I'm not having a good time. This slander of Samsung product. But... You know, um, you have to live below your means. So then for the people who are out there in the comment section, the people who are wondering different ways in which they can navigate, you know, with a budget, that's one of the ways that you could do it. So you make sure you identify what your goals are and then you, you know, adjust your salary or whatever the case may be. Immediately yeah. separate the funds that go towards any type of, you know, systems, um, utilities, your um, living expenses and miscellaneous, you put that all together, separate that immediately from your um, salary, then take a large portion of the remainder that exists, put that towards investments, and then the last smaller percentage, you, uh, you put that and allocate it towards your everyday sort of expenses. And then of course, you have to stay on target with your goal. But then what do you do for your budget? My budget is very interesting. I think I have like a, it's like a 10, 20, 30, 40 rule. And I think mm. a lot of people follow this rule. I think if the, Easiest for me, because I'm not really too stringent about my budget. I'm not mm -hmm. really conservative when I spend. I'm pretty crazy when I spend. I'll spend money. I'll splash money on anything. Listen, mm -hmm. if, if, if I get, get a little alcohol on me, listen, it's time to spend. We'll go to casino. We'll blow a couple racks. But the way I look at it, uh, what I've been trying to follow, at least, you're going to go 40% into investing, right. right? And that could be, it could be a variety of investment. It could be low risk, high risk, right? It could be a, a stock. It could be a real estate property. Mm -hmm. It could be... Uh, my business. I look at content as investment, right? right? Like pay, paying producers, paying editors. I think that's an investment in your business. Mm -hmm. So 40% of whatever I make for a month is going to go into investing. Business, right. content, uh, stocks, real estate, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest portion of my money is going to go into investing, right? And I think anyone should do that. Uh, education, they should invest in their education, books. That's technically investing, right? right. So investing is very broad for me, but 
anything that makes me better or gives me an opportunity to make more money, mm-hmm. plant little seeds of wealth, that's 40% of my budget. 30% of my budget goes to just saving and putting it away for a rainy day. Right. Because I'm not a big fan of saving. I think you should spend all your money as much as possible. But at the end of the day, you know, most people like have less than five grand in the bank. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I think about that one time, like what if something happens to you? You're fucked, bro. Like if you get a flat tire on your car, your car breaks down. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. That's it, your life is over. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have, yeah, it's over. You're right. You know, so the fact that you have less than five grand in the bank, like what, you just die? And any emergency happens, you just die. Mm-hmm. That's like your option, that's your choice. That's interesting, because you know, for because you separate investment and then saving. I, I consider saving as a portion of investment. That's why I, I'll always mention like with saving with um, like the, uh, whether it be like a small investment account or yeah. you put in like a high yield saving, I always put investment and saving together, but you have it separate, that's interesting. Yeah, so the way I look at saving, it's, it's a closed ecosystem. And when I say a closed ecosystem, this is gonna be really, really Deep advanced terminology debt. yeah so right. the business heads are gonna love this yeah, make sure you sit down when you hear this and investing is is in a, an open ecosystem where mm-hmm. it can grow it can die like if you look at a forest right sometimes the forest grows but sometimes there's wildfires and the forest dies right so for the most part forests tend to grow mm-hmm. that's the way I look at investing uh, saving is a closed ecosystem no risk there's no risk but there's there's I mean there's a lot of risk because that outside like the government and stuff, but right. that's even more complicated. Saving is a closed ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You don't lose money, but you don't gain money from saving. Okay. So saving is strictly there just to, just to give you peace of mind, mm-hmm. right? Because if all your money is invested, depending on what you're invested in, you're not really gonna have peace of mind because you're like, shit, you're gonna be watching your saving or right. your investments Because that's your cash reserve that's being played with right yeah. there. Yeah, right. so if you have a savings separate from your investments, now your investments can grow and you're not worried about it, then you have the savings to keep you protected. Mm-hmm. In case anything happens, you're like, you know what, I, I got some cash, I could throw out that. I'm not worried, my rent's paid, my bills are paid. If anything happens, I'm good. So that's kind of like the, the secondary. So 40% investing, mm-hmm. open ecosystem, 30% closed ecosystem just to protect me. Right. Uh, 20% is living expenses. Right. So, and that would mean rent and food. Living mm-hmm. expenses, rent, food, travel. Travel as in like Ubers and stuff. Right. Uh, so that, that's like living expenses. And then 10% goes on luxury. Because I do think that there's something to be said about rewarding yourself for all the hard work you do. Okay. If I work really, really hard and I make a million dollars this month, mm-hmm. I'm blowing 100 grand on something. I don't know what it is yet. I'll take a PJ to the Bahamas. I'll, uh, buy myself a Lamborghini or something. Mm-hmm. If I clear a million dollars in a month, 10% of that's going to myself. Interesting. So that you, you, have, you have the luxury set, because I also put, yeah. the, I put the luxury portion yeah. in the, um, like the overhead. So I, that's like my miscellaneous area, yeah, yeah. because I think if I separate it ahead of time in the year, I can project how much I'll be able to like spend. Yeah. But then if you have it separate to where you say, hey, you know, I can work my way towards it and earn it. I always put it ahead of time. So I know there's like somewhat of a cap on it, I guess. I think for me, I don't want to put a cap on it, because if there's a cap on it, then it's like, Oh, no matter what, let's say I wanted a, a jet really badly, right? right. I, I don't, I, it's kind of like investment. Let's say I wanted, I don't know, a Gucci shirt really badly. Okay. I That's a weird one, but let's mm-hmm. say I wanted a Gucci shirt. Oh, no, no, a Rolex. I wanted okay. a Rolex really badly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, damn, it's going to take me a year to get it. I want to be like, okay, I can get it next month. I just have to make 300 grand this month and I could spend 30 grand on bullshit. You know, that's the way I, I look at it. So. I think there's, there's something to be said about rewarding yourself because it tricks your dopamine system into mm-hmm. like, let me work harder so I could have that, that 10% that I could spend on myself. Right, so, that at, so it's almost for you, as the year progresses, you can work your way towards it. Yes. So then you say, hey, if I made this amount this month, 
I can treat myself this percentage yeah. of money. I do it like backwards because yeah. I look at it from like the, the everyday person who's working the regular nine to five and you're just getting by or even depending on whatever your salary may be. I think if you put it ahead of time, you put yourself in a situation where you're not constantly chasing after it. Right. But I think it works that way as well, because on a daily basis or maybe not, maybe not daily, but on a weekly, weekly monthly basis, yeah. basis, you can see, oh, wait, my projection is here so I can play with this amount. Yep. So you give yourself a floor yeah so I, I like the idea this works. so yeah budget. I think I think depending on your personality you could do it so right that's what I try to do and I think that works at any level too let's mm -hmm. say you only make five grand a month the fact that you could spend 500 bucks on luxury yeah I don't know going to what's good what's, what can you buy 500 bucks um, get a good dinner like if you have if you have a dinner for one then you can have a good dinner for one for 500 and if yeah. even if you had a dinner for two because you don't have to go to the most expensive place you can just go find different exquisite locations try something small because it doesn't always have to be dinner it could be you go to like a um ice cream shop or something yeah. like that experiences you can go to a game or something like that like yeah, Messi's like a, in Miami a, a nice go yeah to a like game. go go to a, a soccer game right right five hundred dollars on a ticket that'll get you a pretty good ticket yeah. for a game so that's a great example of luxury yeah right so it's like it motivates you to to make more. Mm -hmm. That way you feel better about it. So that, that's kind of how I do my breakdown. I think, I think all of it pieces together. I think if you're investing most of your money, it continues to grow. If you're saving enough, it gives you peace of mind. If you're keeping your living expenses at 20%, it gives you uh, enough money to do everything else, but it allows you to live a comfortable life. And then the last final 10% is on luxury. It rewards you because you need to have, you need to stimulate your dopamine system somehow, mm -hmm. right? By not rewarding yourself, by continuing to hold it in, you lose motivation. Right. But the second you give yourself a little like, Right? Like a dog, if you tell him to do something, he does it for a while, but if you're not giving him a treat after he does it, mm -hmm. he's going to stop. So human beings, we're animals in the same way, that if you give yourself a treat every once in a while, you're like, ooh, and you continue to uh, pursue that behavior while you get that treat. Right. I always look at it as a, uh, like it's a release, yeah. you know, so you need that. You need that in order to keep going. And everybody has their different sort of stuff. And for the people who are constantly like they're in the rat race, yeah. right, and you can't seem to figure out what it is that you're into, that's where that percentage of money can go towards. Find out what you like. Take, a, take that salsa class. Go to that game. Perhaps go to that dating event. Go to that restaurant. Try different activities to figure out what it is that you're into. Because you don't want to be that person who you're having that midlife crisis because you have no clue who you are or what you're actually interested in. I think the issue with a lot of people, though, and this is, this is why it goes down to just making more money. Mm -hmm. The issue with a lot of people, I said this on my live stream. I shared my budget. And people were saying like, oh, it's impossible because I'm, I'm living check to check. Mm -hmm. So their living expenses are 90% of what they make already. Mm -hmm. um, and the issue there, it's like, one, you're either living way too, too much, yep. right? You're living by yourself when you should have a roommate. Mm -hmm. You are spending way too much on move to, like, here's a great example. Someone lives in California, your rent's going to be expensive. Oh, yeah. Someone lives in Miami, your rent's going to be expensive. Move to freaking Texas. Yeah. Move to Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. You know, your rent's going to get cut in half, if not a quarter. Yep then you can get closer to that number. It's either that, that's one option. The other option is you start a business, you start making more money. Mm -hmm. Those are the two options you have as far as... Or you pick up another job, that too, but then you'll have lower amount of time, but then you'll actually increase your, you know, your wages and, yeah. your, and your income. So the tough that... part about getting a job is like you run out of energy. That is true. Energy is true. And, and time are finite. And then like, I think if you work so many hours, eventually you just start to burn out. But then you, you will burn out. Is real. But if you tell yourself, and that's why it's important to plan as well, because if you now have that budget planning, you mm -hmm. can say, all right, I'll pick up another job, but I'll only work for a set period of time. 
Because yeah. a lot of times people will pick up two jobs, they're burning themselves out, they have no goal in mind. Yeah. And I love how you brought up, all right, you say you're living in a certain location, your living expenses are so astronomically high, whatever money that you have remaining, it, you can't do anything with it. Yeah. So then you're now like, okay, it's impossible to try to have a percentage go towards luxury. Well, have you ever considered the fact that maybe your luxury can be taken into account a year down the line, you just have to sacrifice now. Yeah. Like everything with the budgeting plan, you're not gonna always be able to take advantage of it immediately. Sometimes you'll have to wait. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we talked about a few episodes back where we were talking about, well, you have to work your way towards earning that yeah. vacation, earning that luxury meal, earning mm -hmm. that luxury event. Well, anything, anything nice in life is always earned. Yeah, it's always earned. Anything nice in life is always earned. There's no, no sort of luxury that's free. Yeah. And that's just everything comes at a cost, right? Like everything comes at a everything cost. comes at a cost. Here's a great example, right? I think being able to eat junk food is luxury. Mm -hmm. It's a luxury, but how do you earn that luxury? You earn it by working out a bunch. Because let's say you're someone that has a six pack, you're 10% body fat. You can afford a luxury of right. going and getting eating McDonald's, splurging, mm -hmm. right? That's that's a luxury you've earned. So. I think it, it correlates to every aspect of yeah. your life. You create the wiggle room yeah. that exists there. Mm -hmm. And then the people who are living paycheck to paycheck set up a plan, identify what your goals are at that point, and say, all right, if I pick up another job, how much more money will I have at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. Then, if it's a proximity issue from where, wherever it is that you reside, you might have to get that culture shock. You might have yeah. to go somewhere else. You might have to downsize. If you're living in this house now, if you're somebody who's a family person, you have children, you have a spouse, whatever the case is, you have to now be honest with yourself. What kind of life do you want to lead for not only yourself, but then also your offsprings for your spouse, whatever the case is? Identify those goals, budget accordingly. Yeah. If you not have to have that uncomfortable conversation, like, hey, honey, these purses, you're going to have to cut down. If you're going to have to, if, if she's the breadwinner and she's like, he's at stay at home, that, hey, listen, these gaming consoles, you're going to have to, <laughs> you know, cut down or whatever the case is, or you're going to have to go downsize, maybe with your children. If there's a particular extracurricular activity, no disrespect for the, you know, you want to have your children in as many possible scenarios so where they can try different things but if you have to cut down on the them playing football or them being part of the basketball team or something like that for a small set period of time yeah. you got to do what you got to do to get to the goals in which you want to go so then for the people who are at the paycheck to paycheck identify a goal set up the budget and even if there's a cutoff period just say if it's 12 months 13 uh, um 12 months or 36 months you just say, all right, I'm gonna grind for this period of time and then the payoff will come after the fact. And a big part of that too is, is uh, you have to figure out what your non-negotiables are. Right. And you have to adjust your, either how much you make mm -hmm. or your budget to that. If your non-negotiable is, hey, me and my wife need to go on a date every single week, mm -hmm. you better make more money in order to make that possible. Exactly. Because if, if, something has to give, you can't have everything. Something is always gonna have to give. So it's either you choose to make more money, right? or you choose to give up that date night, but you can't have it both ways. Right. So that's why when I, uh, I say pick your non-negotiables, you have to determine what's important to you. Because you said like, for me, my kids are gonna do activities, no doubt in my mind, yeah. right? They're gonna do martial arts, they're gonna mm -hmm. play sports, they're gonna do this stuff. I'm always gonna have them in that. Right. And I refuse to negotiate on that because I think it builds like culture in the kids. It, mm -hmm. it builds like a sense of responsibility, a sense of duty, yep. a sense of discipline. Um, so that's gonna be non-negotiable. I'm always gonna make sure I have enough money to do that. Mm -hmm. But going to that, like, how do you, how meticulous are you when it comes to your budget? Do you like, are you super stringent and like stick to it really well? Or do you like tend to say, yeah, whatever? Or are you like, 
when I first started. Do you like, monitor all your spending? Like, oh, I used to. I okay. used to, because when I first started um, and I created my YouTube channel and everything like that, the first three years, I lived off of 13,000 bucks and a $10,000 credit limit. That was it. How much? It was $13,000. A year? Huh? Yeah, no, no, it was like total. Like for three years, I didn't spend more than 10K. Like I, if my mom didn't cook, I didn't eat. If my dad didn't drive me somewhere, I had to bike there. And then I didn't really go out. I still did That's activities, crazy. but I paid, like it was it was ridiculous because I knew, hey, I'm working towards something. So if I have to sacrifice, but somehow still in that summer of 2016, I was always out. But I made sure I was able to do it on a budget. And then I paid myself back in time because I said, all right, this entire summer, I'll do certain activities. But in the winter, I'm not going out. I'm a hermit. Yeah. I'm inside. Right. So I sacrificed and understood what the goal was because I was working towards something. So I was incredibly anal about the um, budget at that time. Now there's a bit more wiggle room, mm -hmm. but I have still been monitoring to where it's like, okay, I've been spending too much here. I got to cut down on this. Like a lot of people don't like to look at their, uh, their bank account because if you're living paycheck to paycheck or if there's not the uh, right amount of money that's in there, you're like, ah, oh, I, I kind of want to stay don't, away They from don't want to see like right. the little number, you know? Right, right. You don't want to see that number. So I always tell myself there's like a particular kind of benchmark. If I fall below this, I, I'm in trouble. So I got to make sure that I stay above that and I stay <laughs> on top of it. Like I'll so, go and I'll look at my account. I'll say, all right. I got to make sure I have this at this particular number. If I've been spending, I'll look at like my monthly or maybe even quarterly report and I'll say, okay, I got to cut down on this. I had too much spending on that. So, you know, it's so funny you said that. I think it's a sense of denial too. People like are scared to like see the reality of their life. Yeah. Because we were talking about it earlier. The, the game of life, right? Money is just how you keep score. Yeah. So people say money doesn't count. Money isn't everything. I wouldn't say money is success. But if there was a way to keep score, like a quantifiable way to keep score, mm -hmm. money is how you keep score in life. Yeah. It's how you keep score of your success. Regardless of who you are, it doesn't matter, like, good example, Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama's net worth is $150 million. What the fuck? Huh? His goal was not money, but the money just, it's a, it's a byproduct of, like, helping people doing, uh, following your passion. If you were doing YouTube videos for free, because you were doing them for free at some yeah. point, and now the money's just following it. So mm -hmm. money is how you keep score. It's how you keep track. Um, I think people don't want to look at their score in life because they're not doing so well, right? Because I know for me, sometimes I don't like looking at my bank account. Mm -hmm. either. I feel the same way, right? Regardless of how much money I have, I think the standard I've set for myself yeah. is so much higher now. So like, mm -hmm. if I look at it and there's less than six figures in there, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, you know? And yeah. Uh, it made me think of something, Drake said it, because it's how I feel also. It's a weird bar, but he said, uh, he said something like, my dick got hard because a wire just hit. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That money come in, hey, you so, start moving. I feel the same way. When like when I got a big like when something big hits my account, I see it. I'm like, whoo, right. boy. Yeah, you start feeling yourself. You start feeling right. good. Right, because you don't want to be in a situation where you look at your account, it's like, oh boy, man, I, what what the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. and that's gonna happen at certain points. Because like me right now, I know these last two years have all just been a matter of prepping and planning. Yeah. So I've been spending more in like these last two years, just so I know in five years I can fly because everything else will be set up. Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, I'm like, all right, I expect things to be a bit lower, but I was already planning for it. Yeah. If you're somebody with no plan, you're in a situation where it's like, oh boy, my account is down. I don't, I don't know why. I kind of mm -hmm. don't want to look at my statements because it's going to expose me to all the yeah. terrible decisions that I, you know, mm -hmm. I since made. So you got to make sure you're on top of that type of stuff. You know, it's, it's incredibly important. Yeah, I think, and it's weird too, because you're always going to set a new standard for yourself. I think making a lot of money really fast mm -hmm. really set me up for disappointment, to be honest, because when you like catch a hit like that, you make a lot of money really fast, yeah. 
everything after that's gonna feel mediocre. Right. Right. Because let's say one month I'm, I'm making seven grand a month, mm -hmm. but the next month I do 150 grand. Mm -hmm. Any jump, like let's say, and then after I do 150 grand, I go back down to 50. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna feel sad that I'm only making 50 grand a month. Yeah. Because because of the the peak that I set. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think for me, my all time like record month for myself personally, I, I did like two hundred and forty thousand nice. dollars in one month, that went to, straight to my bank account. Quarter million dollars in a month. Oh, net. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of people they have to uh, quantify between no, no, no. Net and the gross. business. Yeah, did, the business yeah. did millions of dollars that right. month. I cleared a quarter million dollars in one month. Beautiful. And I was look, looking at that the other day. I was like, "Fuck!" And I looked, and that I've never really been able to hit that again. Mm -hmm. Which is why I've been real motivated lately. I've been texting you at four a.m. like, "Let's yeah. go, let's do this." Mm -hmm. uh, even today, when you got here, I had stuff on the whiteboard. But once you set that standard, everything feels mediocre. And the more I think about it, the more it hurts my soul. Mm. Like I could look at something I made seventy grand in a month, and I feel real shitty because I'm like, oh, I made you didn't reach what you used to. Yeah, right. like I'm making twenty percent of what I used to do, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. So I think uh, one big thing, like if you if you do it the right way, and you build it correctly, right, and you have this constant like increase. That's where it feels good. And then you have to have the understanding of what it's all about in the grand scheme of things. Because yeah. once you get that peak. And then it's like, oh man, I'm at the, the highest I've ever been at. Mm -hmm. You know there's gonna be a down, but then when the down comes, it sucks. Yeah. So it's like you're on a roller coaster, you're on the way up. It's like, all right, oh, this is cool. You have all the anticipation. And then when the down goes, you're like, oh, I wanna kill myself. This is brutal. And the thing, but the thing is, like, if you look at, cause I have to think about it in perspective, I have to zoom out a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm upset about $70,000 a month. I used to make seven grand a month. Right. So what am I upset about, really? Yeah, perspective is important. Yeah. And I think that's why you have to write it if you write everything down and then you have it in front of you. Because mm -hmm. just like that same scenario, somebody who's making, let's just, or I should say at the end of all their expenses or whatever, they're probably going home and let's just say an extra thousand, maybe 500 to extra thousand. Then they could pick up that additional job or whatever yeah, the case yeah. is for that set period of time. Now you're coming home with maybe 2,000, maybe 1,500, more than what good. you have. They feel good you about feel it. You feel good, but then once you reach that point and you start to set up the systems you go and you get that house maybe you get that car maybe you yeah. get that new account or whatever the case is or maybe you buy those new clothes you go on that trip or whatever it is now when you look at how much you're bringing in on a monthly basis like, oh boy what the hell am i doing this is mm -hmm. brutal but you have to understand if you have it all in front of you let's just say you have a whiteboard maybe you have um all of your statements in front of you whatever the case is you can say oh no this happened because of this and i know it was going to go down but yeah. if you don't look at any of that you're blind. You're blind. You're blind. You're blind, and you're gonna hate yourself. You have to address. You have to address the truth of the situation. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of it boils down to self-awareness. Right. It's being okay with saying like I suck, because a lot of people, most of the time, they, they refuse to accept like maybe I just suck. Mm -hmm. You know. And I, I I look at numbers to quantify all of that. I look at my YouTube views. Right. I'm I'm big on like looking at. I'm not even good with numbers. You put math in front of me, I suck. Mm -hmm. I'm not that type of Asian. Different type of Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm big at looking like at views. Like I could tell, like, oh, this has a million. This has fifty thousand. This is probably worse content-wise right. than this. So I'll, I'll do a, a good job of like looking at stuff and being like, okay, this is not the best. I could be better, or maybe I just suck at this. Mm. And I think that's what people need to start doing. They start looking at their bank account, looking at their score in the video game of life, and saying, you know what? I don't have a high score in, in this video game of life. I need to get my score higher. Yeah, and I think they should be honest to the point where it's like, maybe I don't have it all figured out and yeah. I need help. And that's a good segue to me using the restroom. <laughs> yeah, because I, I should say to the people out there, never feel as if, yeah, it's like the, the solo moment. Never feel as if you can figure everything out on your own. Sometimes you need a little bit of help. Maybe you gotta go see a financial advisor. Maybe you gotta go and have an honest conversation with your 
you know, family or maybe your friends or somebody who you revere about where it is that you are in life. Perhaps you need to go get advice on things, advisory from somebody so that you know what direction you want to go in. Go and sit down, speak to somebody about your finances, and then at that way you can make the adjustment necessary so you can get to where it is that you want to go. I understand that everybody's not an entrepreneur, everybody's not an entertainer, everybody's not a musician, whatever the case may be. Even if you're working the regular job, you're making ends meet, you're taking care of your family, you still have to make sure you have a budget in place so that nothing falls completely out of whack. Have your cash reserves, but also have the money that's there to invest so you could possibly make some moves down the line. Have that savings to where, all right, if things were to fall apart for six months to a year, you have some money that's there. I recognize it's not always gonna be easy. There's gonna be moments in which you may be at a deficit, or whatever the case may be. Just make sure that you have a plan in place so that when the time does come, you have a option that takes care of that. So, and of course, I'm pretty sure in the background, somebody can hear Renee P, but we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> One way or another, make sure that you have a plan in place so when the time does come, you are prepared. Oh, Man, that was, beautiful. That was fire. I don't know, even know what you said, but that was a banger, banger. Yeah, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's just accountability. We talk about this stuff a lot on right. this podcast, but it's true. I'm happy that we can share budgets though, because I think everyone lives a little differently. Yeah. Why do you think that you're able to live? Because I think most people have this issue of lifestyle inflation. Right. Right? They start making more money and their lifestyle inflates. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like, you could be a college student. You're living off bare minimum. And then you become an engineer, right? You graduate college. You become mm -hmm. an engineer. Now you buy a BMW. You get yourself a little nice apartment. You start doing this stuff and you're still living check to check. Mm -hmm. So why is it, do you think that you've been able to, like, remain relatively conservative with your money? Oh, I'm not chasing status. Because okay. I'm looking at it like for somebody who now elevates, let's just say if you were a college student, because of course, as you grow in life, yeah. you'll get to different stages and you try different things because I know who I am. I know what I like. I know what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now, there'll be certain sort of moments in which I'd like to indulge in different sort of stuff. But that's like the small dopamine hidden and I don't let it yeah. um, affect the grand scheme of things. Right. But for me, I've always said, all right. There's a particular type of way that I'd like to live my life at different stages as I continue to grow. And although tomorrow's not promised, mm -hmm. I operate as if it is, but I make sure I don't sacrifice, you know, today and not really take advantage of today. So mm -hmm. I don't try to procrastinate or put stuff off, but I make sure that I tell myself, all right, cool. If I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do this, it's working towards that. So everything that I do is working towards like five years down the line. I try not to right. set it up to where just today, this is everything right here. Mm -hmm. So as I continue to elevate, I made more money or whatever the case is, I always looked at it like, you know what, let me not try to go and purchase this car. Let me not try to constantly try to fly, you know, whether yeah. it be first class everywhere. Oh, I'm on a plane for 30 minutes? Ah, oh, let me go fly first class and spend the next, what's the purpose of that? Makes, makes no difference for me. Yeah. So with that being the case, I keep myself grounded. Other people, they're trying to chase that status. So they'll say, hey, I'm making 100,000 now. I'm making 80,000, I'm making 150, I'm making 250. I should be living this particular kind of way. So you can elevate your wardrobe, but then if you're constantly just changing stuff always, mm -hmm. you'll end up finding yourself in a situation where you're still breaking even, despite the fact that you've gone up in wages significantly. It's weird, I think it's a, a combination of things too. I don't know if it's necessarily just status, because I think, mm -hmm. I see a lot of guys lose a lot of money because of girls. Right, but then I've the seen status guys, of having a bunch of girls around, it's the same thing. Well, not even having, like, I've seen guys spend, like, let's say they go to the bar, every weekend they go to the bar, they spend $300 buying girls drinks and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
Do you think that's status? Do you think he's trying oh, to Oh yeah, like... because what what's the dopamine effect that you get from buying all these girls, you know, drinks or whatever? You walk in and you feel like a baller. Well, I think I think they do it. No, but they're not buying bottles though. They're doing it strictly to like try and get laid. Is, right. That's my point. But so. then if you do it to try to get laid, what does that make the woman look at you like? If you're just sending fair. a bunch of it's the same thing. It's fair, all fair, just fair. a matter of status. Yeah. Like for example, with watch. Yeah. Like what's the time right now? If I mean, if you had the time phone. Like yeah. what what time is it right now? One oh seven. Right? That's free. Yeah. Right? That's free. You don't need a watch. iPhone was actually like 1200 right. bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever the case is. But still, <laughs> what, if you were buy a Timex versus a Rolex. Right. But the Rolex comes with status. You see yeah. somebody who got that Rolex on, it's like, oh, wait a minute. This dude, you know, he must have something going on. You start conversation. Like, first class. I flew from Texas back to New York first class. But Flex. I didn't fly there first Flex. class. Oh, I did it on points. Come on now. But uh, basically, Flex. while I was there, I struck up conversation. And when I was at DreamCon, I, it was the most I ever got recognized. It was uh, 230 people. Flex. Two, it was dope. Two times yeah. flex. Yeah, I took like 200 photos. It was awesome. I loved the experience. But when I was flying back, a couple of people who was also going to New York, they recognized me as well. The guy who was sitting next to me, he's like, so what do you do? And we sparked up conversation, mm -hmm. right? I could have looked at that like, oh man, I'm the dude. Let me just fly first class everywhere. But I recognized, no, that's not the case. You know, have the conversation, move on with it. I don't feel like I have to be addicted to that dopamine hit. Despite how cool it was, I kept myself grounded. Other people, they'll be like, oh no, this must be a product of me being in first class. So now I'm only going to fly first class. I'll always have conversations with people who's next to me. And I know the people who are next to me will be higher level status. I can go and converse with them. Perhaps I can network and then I can get to where I want to go. So it's the same thing where you're chasing after status. So the person who's buying the drinks at the bar, because of the feeling that the women give them, yeah. and you have that, they look at me as I'm, you know, I'm worthy of wanting yeah. to be with them rather than just going and sparking up conversation without having to spend any money. You're chasing after that status. Right, I understand that. I think I got, I got I'm still caught in that trap, to be mm. honest. I think it affects every, every person a little bit differently. Right. If I could go back in time, I wish I could have built a brand a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But now because I'm stuck in that, right, penthouse, travel around, do- You're not necessarily stuff. stuck. I don't think that you're necessarily stuck because if you can always make an adjustment mm -hmm. all while still dealing with it. Yeah, but then my life gets miserable. Mm. You know, of like, so here's a good example. Like, I, I order really expensive food. Like, last, I'll, I'll get like a bunch of steak, sushi. Right, Wagyu. Wagyu. Uh, I'll order lamb chops from like a Michelin star restaurant. Right. Just because I'm hungry. It'll be like $100 a meal, $200 mm -hmm. a meal. Okay. Um, I'm fucking stuck, bro. Mm. I, if I had to go back, I could do it. I'd be miserable, though. Miserable due to quality or perhaps like that dopamine effect of, oh, I can spend this money and not have to worry combination about it. Combination of both. Okay. Combination of both. Because I think once you hmm. have something really good, yeah. it's hard to go back. It's hard to go back. You know, it just is. Because when I was broke, I was eating like cup noodle all right. the time. Like it was, it was cheap, but now when I can order whatever I want and I have the flavors in my mouth, pause, <laughs> it just, it's just so much better. So I think when, once you get used to a certain standard of living, your lifestyle changes and it's hard. You kind of like get yourself in a trap. I think if you were to slowly incorporate those like humble beginnings yeah. into maybe not the day to day, but maybe week to week, like you start very small for like, all right, once in every, like biweekly, maybe right. once or twice, you can have those cup noodles. You'll have like, all right, there's a cup noodle day or spontaneously, because if, if you put it on a, on a board, like, all right, twice this week, I must have cup noodles. That's all I'm eating all day. I, it's going to feel I like agree. you're dreading I that day. I agree to that, but right. I also think that the level of work that would take, mm -hmm. if I just put that level of work into me making more money, I could then just make more money. No, correct. But then if, let's just say if you're hungry, let's say if you were to buy like cup noodles, you leave it inside your um, pantry, whatever the case is, right? And then, oh, I'm hungry. 
instead of ordering, I'll heat up the cup noodles. Yeah. And while you're eating it, in that moment, you're like, oh, man, this kind of sucks, but then it reminds you of how far you since come. So that can keep you grounded. Because if you're in a situation where it's not around you or something, now you'll just, all right, I'll keep ordering okay, or whatever the case what is. Saying. So that's, the, that's a good just way to where you don't feel. Right, so because if you were to do the ultimate shift, like for example, if you're, you used to have a uh, BMW, it was an i8, I, right? Yeah. Right, and then let's just say, what was your first car? Uh -huh, uh Mazda Miata. Right. So let's just say you bought a Mazda Miata, right? And yeah. then you also have the i8 that's there. Oh, I'll just occasionally drive this Mazda. Mm -hmm. If they're both there, you're like, man, fuck this. Shit. Why, why would I ever want to drive this if I have the other option? Fair. So you start small. You could just do the noodles here and there, and then it won't feel as if, ah, miserable. You just slowly ingratiate those humble beginnings. Facts. So as you climb, you still stay grounded because it's going to be incredibly difficult. Like imagine you travel like with your girl, you go different sort of places. Oh, yeah. Maybe you'll, when you order in or maybe you'll go out, you'll go to different sort of places, yeah. whatever the case is. But if you were to say, hey, let's go get um, to this like small mom and pop that doesn't have too much going on. Maybe it's a startup location. You're just yeah. eating the food. The food's terrible or whatever. It will be a huge shock to where it sucks in that moment, but then it can also take you back rewire to, hey, it'll rewire you to, all right, yeah. this is why I worked so hard to get to this point. Because if yeah. you down detach and it's no longer relatable to you, you'll find yourself in that cycle of chasing Facts. after it. And Facts. then now you'll be in a problem. That is great advice. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, for everybody who is out there, you know, make sure that you have a proper, proper budget, right? Set up a plan first with goals. Then you have your budget, you work your way towards, or I should say through the budget, you stay on top of that. And even if you have to sacrifice for a set period of time, make sure you set that set period of time. Don't just, all right, well, I'm gonna pick up this second job. And now that's when you get that burnout. Yeah. So make sure that you're on top of things. Proper planning, all right? Because what, what is the saying? It's like the people who fail to plan, plan to fail. Ooh. Yeah, so make sure that you plan that budget, then you work accordingly so that down the line, whether it be a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever the long-term or short-term may be, you have the proper plan so that your budget is on point. And then of course, stay grounded as you ascend so you don't mess around and lose everything that you worked for immediately. Immediately. Right, you have any final thoughts? I mean, no man, you, you slam dunk that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I feel like you think about this stuff a lot. Oh yeah, it runs through my mind. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, because you're, you're uh, you think, does your brain move relatively quickly? Yeah, I'm a thinker. I'm a You're thinker. A thinker? Yeah, yeah, I'm a thinker. Because ultimately, like, entrepreneurship is a thinking man's game. And my entire life is just a matter of, I'd always ask why. Do you think things. it's just a thinking man's game? Because hmm? I think people that think, overthink, right? They, it's uh, analysis or paralysis by yeah, uh, over yeah, analysis. analysis, paralysis, something like that. Yeah, it's paralysis by over analysis. Mm -hmm. And they'll sit there and they'll think, but they'll never take action. Yeah, I you think, don't execute. It's a, thinking think it's a, and execution. Thinking I think it's, execution. it's a combination of, of people that, that think and execute. Right, right. right? It's because more, cause ultimately for, for me, and I think thinkers, I also think executors as well, but then ultimately there's people who are just trapped in their mind. So if I were to, action, if I were so to rank the three, right? Right. There's the things, thinkers and executors. Mm -hmm. Then there's the executors without that, that don't really think. Right. And then there's the people that just think. So and my, my best way to do it, let's say you have a, a direction. Let's say our job is to get to this island over here, right? right? The thinkers are going to think about ways to do it, but yep. they're never going to do it. They're never right. going to make any progress. Right. The people that execute them are like, man, I'm just going to fucking swim. Yep. And they'll just start swimming. Some mm -hmm. will die, but some will make it. Right. If, if 100 people swim, maybe 10% will make it. Yep. So I think the executors have a better shot at becoming successful as an entrepreneur than the strictly thinkers. But the ones that really win 
are the ones that think, think. about a plan. Rup. They think, okay, well, I'm gonna swim from that part over there because it's a shorter distance. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna take a break here because there's shallow land mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna do this. Those, the thinkers and executors, the thinkers that take action are the ones that, that, that accomplish it very, very quickly and effectively. So I think you're a combination of both. Yeah. I don't think you're necessarily yeah. just a thinker because I, I see how much content you put out. You put out a massive amount of content and it's like, you only do that by execution. Right. You know, I think a lot of people have issues. Execution is scary because that's where the risk is involved. Thinking is hard because mm -hmm. it involves a lot of brain power. Yep. So very few, few people can accept the difficulty and the, the fear of both thinking and action. That's what everything you involve, that involved in business. Yeah, yeah, 100, that's a perfect way to put it. Thinking and execution, I thinking know, and execution. That's, seeing you, I don't have any closing thoughts. You get it, that was profound. No, right no, there. but People yeah. People are crying. Yeah. Right? I've never heard something so profound in my life. Like you're changing lives here. That's what we do here at Assiduous. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, once again, I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the, the Chisholm He is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino prince tycoon, Rene Lacade. And this was, this is, we are Assiduous. Assiduous. How long was that?